Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, this is Kieran Tierney. Welcome to the latest edition of Arsenal Audio Programme. Arsenal versus Frankfurt, Thursday, November the 28th, Europa League, 8pm. Contents, head coach, captain, voice of Arsenal, player feature, match action, Victoria versus Arsenal, history, community, my story, women, match action, Arsenal versus Southampton, club culture, my Arsenal, teams. Unite Emery, why one win can get us up and running again. Good evening and welcome to Emirates Stadium for tonight's game against Eindracht Frankfurt. The Europa League is very important because it's a way of achieving a Champions League place next year and also a chance to secure a title. We started this competition very well but we struggled against Vittoria last time out. We want to get back to the way we played in the first few games so that we finish top of the group. We know we need to do better. We were all frustrated after the Southampton game and we understand why you, the supporters, were frustrated as well. In the first half, we didn't do enough. We were drawing at half-time, but it wasn't enough. I needed to find solutions, so we changed from three to four at the back and were better in the second half. I thought we had our best 20 minutes in all season. We created chances and although we didn't score, I was happy with that moment. If we had scored then, at the beginning of the second half, I think that would have been the key moment to build the confidence we need. Then they scored when we were the better team, and we took some risks after that to equalise, but we conceded some chances too. We drew at the last moment, but it's not enough. We know that. My job is to work, analyse and find a solution for how we can improve. I know the key here is to build confidence, to achieve the points, a good performance at home and then to take that away from home. Confidence comes with a good result. To get that confidence, we need to control the game better. We didn't do that for 90 minutes against Southampton. We lost some confidence and we were frustrated on the pitch, but we tried to push. The supporters helped us and we drew at the end, but it wasn't enough. We respect tonight's opponents a lot. Frankfurt played very well last year and maybe this season they have needed a bit more time to get the right balance with their new players. They sold a lot of players in the summer, but they still have very good and very attacking players. They are very strong when we played them in Germany. Despite the fact that we won 3-0, and I expect them to attack us because that's how they like to play. They're a very offensive team. In the game over there, they played with three centre-backs, but their full-backs got forward a lot. Our pressing, for the most part, was very good. We recovered the ball well, and our transition play helped us to create a lot of chances. 
Defensively, the fullbacks needed to work deep because they had a lot of players going forward and they liked to cross the ball. We need to control the game tonight, but we also need to be aware of their threat. Over there, our young players took the opportunity to play and they worked well with our experienced players to create chances to, and to score. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We will need everyone to play very well tonight. In terms of the team, Siad Kalazinak has a small injury, so he won't be on the field tonight, which is a shame. His attitude and his commitment with us is big. I was asked about Mesut Ozil in the press conference ahead of this match. Mesut is a very important player and I want to be able to use different players in different moments. I'm very happy with him. The same with Skodron Mustafi. He has a big chance to play tonight and has done very well for us in the competition. If he keeps going like this, he'll play more matches. We only need to draw tonight to qualify for the next round, but for me we need to win. We need to make sure that our performance is good and that we get results for us and for you, our supporters. Really, our only target tonight is to win. I hope you enjoy the game. Captain's Notes, Ubamiang. How the young players have done, especially in the Europa League, has been one of the positives for us this season. As well as Bukayo, Gabby Martinelli has done really well, scoring goals and settling into the team really quickly since he joined. When he arrived in the summer, I had a good chat with him, and from talking to him, I can tell you he's very humble and so determined to succeed. It's easy to forget how young he is, because he's already at home in the first team dressing room, but we need to give him credit for coming to a new country and doing well so quickly. Bukayo scored one against Frankfurt in Germany and played a great pass for my goal. I scored a few against them for Dortmund as well. I think one that stands out is a penalty in the German Cup final in 2017. It was one all at the time, so it was an important goal. I enjoyed that one. But they are a very different team now, even just a couple of years later. Last season they had a great run in this competition, only losing out on penalties to Chelsea in the semi-final, and that will give them confidence to go far in the Europa League again. They are a very dangerous opponent, that's clear. Even though it was 3-0 to us in the first game in Frankfurt, they created many chances, and with a bit more luck, they could have scored as well. We got the first goal though, and that made things much easier for us. We took advantage at the end when they had a player sent off. Tonight we are just thinking about ourselves, our own performance and our own targets. We have to get back to winning matches. Come on, Arsenal. Voice of Arsenal. Welcome to Emirates. This is Eintracht Frankfurt's first visit to Emirates Stadium 
but they are the sixth different German side to play here in a competitive game here. Overall, Frankfurt are the 97th different side to play against us at Emirates Stadium since it opened in 2006. Security Information Following fan disorder at the UEFA Europa League group stage match between Vittoria SC and Eintracht Frankfurt, UEFA have taken the decision to ban Eintracht Frankfurt from selling tickets to its away supporters for their next two UEFA competition matches, which includes tonight's game at Emirates Stadium. This will result in the visitors' sections being empty tonight, and to ensure everyone reaching the turnstile is in possession of a ticket, we are implementing additional entry procedures outside the stadium. If you are reading this before kick-off, we advise you to make your way to the turnstiles earlier than usual. The additional measures will be twofold. Firstly, on approach to the turnstiles, supporters will need to show their physical ticket to stewards. Then, at the turnstiles, stewards will check the validity of the ticket to gain access. These measures will slow down entry, but if people plan their journey and arrive in good time, we are hoping any delays will be minimal. These additional measures have been put in place to prevent ticketless supporters or those who have purchased fake or invalid tickets attempting to tailgate or force their way into the stadium as they should not be able to pass the first check. Thanks for your cooperation. Group F Permutations If we avoid defeat this evening, we will book our place in the knockout stages of the Europa League for the third successive season. We can also go through if we lose tonight if Vittoria beats Standard Liège at home. Going into this game four points clear at the top, a win tonight would also see us win the group with a game to spare, regardless of the result in Portugal this evening. If we do go through, it will be the 20th successive season in which we have progressed past the first group stage of a Champions League or Europa League campaign. Frankfurt can neither qualify nor be eliminated tonight. The knockout rounds of the Europa League start in February next year. Prague Fact The Gunners were in our third European campaign when they first came up against German opposition. Holders of the European Fairs Cup, we looked well set to defend our trophy, having beaten Lazio, Sturm Graz and Beveren before drawing FC Cone. A 2-1 home win on March the 9th, 1971, courtesy of Frank McClintock and Peter Storey, had the tie in the balance when we went to Cologne two weeks later. Unfortunately, the Gunners succumbed, for the first time ever, to the away goals rule when the Germans triumphed 1-0 in the second leg. The Addy years. The 1993-94 season ended in glory for Arsenal and Adidas, as the Gunners beat Palmer in the European Cup Winners' Cup final. It actually wasn't our final time in Adidas. We played at Newcastle three days later in a truly forgettable Premier League fixture. We lost 2-0, but it certainly felt like the grand finale for our first spell with the famous sportswear firm. And Adidas could really shine on that European shirt because no sponsors... Players' names or numbers were allowed on shirts in that competition. It was just the Adidas logo and the famous old VCC crest.
Arsenal Nation. The podcast is out now. Join Nick Bright and Johnny Cochran on our new weekly podcast show as they talk to invincible Jeremy Aladier about his gunner's career and listen to stories about life inside the beautiful game. Our former forward talks candidly about his relationship with fellow Paris native Sylvain Wiltord and how Arsene Wenger's spies once caught two of his teammates in a London nightclub. The guys finish off the first episode with a quiz about Jeremy's debut against Fulham back in February 2002, which features a never-before-heard story about Thierry Henry. Some of Jeremy's former teammates will also be stopping by to chat, while we'll also be making space in the studio for some Arsenal legends too. Listen to episode 1 on Spotify, iTunes or Acast and be sure to subscribe. Picture of the week in the hard copy. FA Cup draw. Arsenal players will find out on Monday who they play in the FA Cup third round. The draw will take place at 7pm on BBC2 prior to Solihull Moors entertaining Rotherham United in the final second round tie. The Gunners have won the competition a record 13 times, most recently in 2017. Let's hope for more scenes like this in the hard copy next May, as fans flocked to Upper Street on April the 27th, 1930, after Arsenal had lifted the famous trophy for the very first time. Ref Watch Our referee this evening is Rudy Bouquet from Amiens in France. The 42-year-old has been a full international referee for FIFA since 2011, having started in League 2 in 2005 before graduating to League 1 three years later. This will be the fourth time he has refereed an English team in Europe. His first was in November 2013, when Wigan Athletic lost 2-1 at home to Belgian side Varagem in this competition. He was then in charge when Leicester City beat Club Brugge 2-0 at home in the Champions League in November 2016 and in the same competition when Manchester United beat Basel 3-0 at Old Trafford the following September. He was also the referee when England beat Lithuania 2-0 in a World Cup qualifier at Wembley on March the 27th, 2017. The Killers to play at Emirates twice. The club are excited to announce that the Killers will play at Emirates Stadium on Friday, June the 5th and Saturday, June the 6th, 2020. Emirates Stadium is the only London venue selected to host the newly announced imploding The Mirage Tour, with the band's sixth studio album bearing the same name set to be released next spring. Supporting the Killers at Emirates Stadium on both dates will be special guest Sam Fander. The Killers join an illustrious list of top artists and bands to play at Emirates Stadium since it opened in 2006, following in the footsteps of Bruce Springsteen, Coldplay, Green Day and Muse. Emirates Stadium will also host a men's semi-final clash in the 2021 Rugby League World Cup. Tickets are now on sale for both dates. Go to www.ticketmaster.co.uk or www.gigsandtours.com Hospitality packages can be purchased via https colon slash slash hospitality.arsenal.com slash 
reported. Discriminatory chanting and anti-social behaviour is offensive to all fans and not tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive behaviour, you can report it to a steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our fans and wider community. Thank you for your support. Arsenal top the table. BBC Sport recently worked with the United Nations-backed Sport Positive Summit to compile research into the sustainability of all 20 Premier League clubs. They were asked to provide evidence of schemes in eight categories clean energy, energy efficiency, sustainable transport, single-use plastic reduction or removal, waste management, water efficiency, plant-based or low-carbon food options, or communications or engagement. The clubs were awarded one point per category if they had suitable initiatives taking place in their stadiums, training grounds and or offices, and half a point if plans were being developed in that area but were yet to fully materialise. Arsenal's tally of eight points was the joint highest in the Premier League, matched by Manchester United, Manchester City and Tottenham Hotspur. The club's battery storage system, which can power the entire stadium throughout a 90-minute match, was highlighted by the BBC. The club's operations director, Hyle Sloman, was keen to emphasise the leading role the Gunners play in this field. We should be doing the right thing, acting in the right way and leading. Those have been our values since 1886, and those should be our values in all that we do. I think that's really important. There are hundreds of millions of people around the world who look to what we do every single day. If we can be an example in this area, I think that's a great thing. Supporters care about sustainability, and our fans want to be proud of Arsenal, he added. I also think it's a generational thing. I think every generation is significantly more environmentally aware than the last one, so I think we have a responsibility to our younger fans to actually ensure that we are providing that role model and that leadership for them. Arsenal switched to renewable electricity in 2017 and are the first club in Europe to install a battery storage system. Ron Saxby Arsenal Football Club were saddened to hear of the death of Ron Saxby, who passed away recently aged 82. The former Kent and England schoolboy was with the club between 1953 and 1959 and played over 150 games for the reserve and youth teams before moving to Hastings. Our thoughts are with Ron's family and friends. Above and Beyond Kean O'Donnell was our super seller at the Wolverhampton Wanderers game and he took home an Adidas t-shirt for his excellent efforts. Make sure you let us know by emailing program at arsenal.co.uk if you think one of our sellers has gone above and beyond. Christmas Giveaways Continuing our amazing Christmas goodies giveaway in the Matchday program, here's our latest star offering. In today's issue... We are giving away a bundle of five Soccer Stars figures, specifically Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Lucas Torreira, Alexandre Lacazette 
Hector Bellerin and Granny Sharker. To be in with a chance of winning this quality quintet, answer the following question correctly. Which of those five players mentioned made their Arsenal debut first? Email your entries to programme at arsenal.co.uk, tweet your answer to at AFC Programme or post to Programme Competition, Highbury House, 75 Drayton Park, London N5 1BU. One entry per person, all entries by Friday, December the 6th. Oh, and if you're not our lucky winner, the Soccer Stars figures are also available from SoccerStars.com, priced at £3.99 each. Player feature, Mustafi. Patience has been the watchword for Shokram Mustafi this season. When David Luiz joined the club, he missed out on the squad entirely for our first five games of the season. But he was called upon for our first Europa League match this term away to Eintracht Frankfurt and impressed during the 3-0 win. He has retained his place in the side for the competition ever since, helping the team to three wins and a draw scoring last time out in the 1-1 draw with Vitoria in Portugal. He also started our two Caribou Cup matches, so barring penalty shootouts, he's unbeaten so far this season, and has played his part in three clean sheets. Another victory tonight would guarantee our passage through to the knockout stages with a match to spare, and could, as Shokran told the matchday programme on Tuesday, help our domestic form get back on track as well. You have had to be patient so far this season, but featured heavily in the Europa League. How would you assess your campaign so far? Well, I'm still being patient, because I haven't played in the Premier League yet. But I understand that's the coach's decision, and I've always been someone who is ready to play. It doesn't matter which game, it doesn't matter which position. I've always said that I'm a team player. I don't care as long as I can help the team. I've had opportunities to play in the Europa League and Cup competitions and I took those games as a chance to show to myself first but also to the coach and my teammates that I'm ready to play every game and ready to give everything on the pitch. We have won three and drawn one of our four Europa League games. How do you summarise our performances in Europe so far? We played a very good match away to Frankfurt where we won 3-0. We then played another good match at home to Standard Liège where we started very brightly and got the game in our hands early on. But then we struggled a little bit in the two games against Vitoria. We won at home. Whether or not it was deserved I don't know, but we came out with three points and that's always important. Sometimes when you play for a big club you have to get the win when you aren't playing well. We did our job. But when we went out there we didn't play our football so well and we struggled a bit. We got away with it because we scored the first goal. But when you play away, that always makes it easier. Then we were unlucky to concede the equaliser late on, but you have to accept it and take the point. So we are in first place with 10 points, and we have the possibility to keep that place tonight against Eintracht Frankfurt. What are your memories of that 3-0 win in Germany? It's always difficult to play away to Frankfurt because they have a crazy supporter base. Their fans give so much to the team, and we saw that last year when they reached the semi-final. 
Nobody was really talking about the team last year. They were all talking about their fans and the atmosphere they make at home. So we went there knowing that, knowing we would have to be organised and compact because Frankfurt under this coach really know how they want to play. The players know their job so well, what movements to make. You could feel that on the pitch. From the start of the game you could see what they wanted to do on the pitch. Even when I figured out, OK, I know what ball they're going to play. It was still difficult to stop, because you always have to react to situations. But as I said before, in away games, if you can score first, it makes it so much easier, because the opposition have to change all their plans, but you can just continue with yours. We stayed compact and focused, and after they had a player sent off, their power dropped a bit, and we took advantage. Credit to our attacking players for that because we had the opportunities to kill the game, but you still have to take them, and we did. Their fans are barred from the stadium tonight. What difference do you think that will make to the game? Well, I have to say I don't know too much about it, and why they are banned from the stadium, but I feel it's a sad story because playing without supporters is always going to be strange. We want the supporters to be in the stadium. We want them to sing and go crazy. Of course, they always have to do that with respect and with intelligence, but I think it would have been nice to see the Frankfurt fans at the Emirates as well, because I'm sure they would have created a great atmosphere and rocked the place. But in the end, I think it will be harder for the Frankfurt players, because they're used to having their fans behind them, and without that, they may lose a bit on the pitch. It's up to us to take the game in our hands, show them that this is our home, and this is where we want to be strong and finish the group. Do you think it will help our Premier League form as well if we can guarantee qualification tonight? Well, it always helps to win games, of course. It always gives you confidence. So if we can beat Eintracht Frankfurt, one of the big teams in Germany, then of course that will give us a lift. That's the main thing. It doesn't matter if you're through already or not. You always want to win. And when you're in front of your own fans, of course, you want to make them happy as well. That's what we're aiming for tonight. To score goals, win the game, play well for yourself as well, and then take it into the Premier League. This concludes Player Feature. Match Report. Victoria. Europa League. Match Day 4. 3.50pm, Wednesday, November the 6th, Estadio D, Afonso Henriquez. Vittoria 1, Arsenal 1. Mustafi 80, Duarte 90, away fans 1,800. First half. As the rain pelted down in Portugal, both sides found it difficult to create chances and consequently the first half was light on genuine entertainment. The closest either side came to scoring was when Pepe smacked the post for the home side. In fact, Emiliano Martinez was the busier of the two keepers and made saves from Lucas Evangelista and Edmund Tabsoba to ensure the scores were still level at the break. Rob Holding, captain for the night, headed over at the other end. Second half. Vittoria continued to look dangerous in the second half and had the first opportunity when Marcus Edwards was played in but his cutback was cleared by Socrates. Then, with time expiring, Shrokadun Mustafi rose highest to meet Nicolas Pepe's free kick and directed it into the far corner 
to put us ahead. It looked as though we would make it four wins out of four in the group and book our progression to the knockout stages with two games to spare. But there was to be one final twist when deep into injury time, Bruno Duarte sent an acrobatic shot into the far corner to equalise. Match stats. Vittoria. Total shots, 15. Shots on target, 4. Corners, 8. Offsides, 1. Fouls, 13. Possession percent, 36. Arsenal, total shots, 8. Shots on target, 1. Corners, 6. Offsides, 4. Fouls, 12. Possession percent, 64. History feature. Hennef already. Revisit Don Howe's favourite training camp in Hennef, Germany. Within the space of a decade, Don Howe helped rejuvenate and unite two talented, yet rather fragmented, Arsenal teams. After Dave Sexton departed to become Chelsea manager in 1967, manager Bertie Mee immediately appointed the former Gunners defender first-team coach and gave him carte blanche to mould McClintock, Armstrong, Radford and co. into a unit that could challenge for the top honours. Ten years later, after spells managing West Bromwich Albion and Turkish side Galatasaray, Howe answered Gunners boss Terry Neal's request that he return to N5 to help him inject some discipline and order into a promising team containing youth team graduates such as Liam Brady, Frank Stapleton and David O'Leary and major signings Alan Hudson and Malcolm MacDonald. Howe was tough, uncompromising and direct, but he worked wonders in a relatively short time. He would recall, The challenges I faced were similar on both occasions. The players were clearly talented but lacked some structure. I found that an intense training experience in the close season helped enormously and the players absolutely loved every minute of it, of course. Howe's favourite training centre was one in Hennef, a picturesque town on the Rhine between Cologne and Frankfurt in, then, West Germany. Even before Bertie Mee's side travelled across Europe, skipper Frank McClintock realised, while Dave Sexton certainly had more patience with us, I think it's fair to say that Don was probably more attuned to Bertie's ideas about how fitness and discipline are paramount to a team. But the NF experience, as McClintock referred to it, demonstrated to the Gunners players the demands that the Mee-Howe partnership made of the team. The squad, after starting at 8am sharp, normally had three training sessions per day, two in the morning and one at around four in the afternoon, when the players practised their ball skills and played five-a-side. As John Samuels recalled, the training was hard, but the hotel in Hennef was beautiful, and most of us had massive dervisoles for dinner. One afternoon, the players were excused training, took a boat trip down the Rhine, and wandered off into the local village, where they were told it was OK for them to have a couple of beers. They proceeded to drink in McClintock's words, three or four pints of strong German lager, and it hit us like a torpedo. Me and Howe found the relaxed players later, 
and allowed them to continue with their night out. The next day, Howe told them they would complete a three-mile cross-country run. When McClintock protested, pointing out they had a friendly against Borussia Mönchengladbach the next day, Howe informed the team, You all let the gaffer and I down last night. Now get cracking, and I want you all to be back here in no less than 18 minutes. When the players completed the first run, Howe barked, Now catch your breath, and do it in the opposite direction. The exhausted players were dragged over to an old ash running track and instructed to complete timed sprints. As well as the HNF experience improving the Arsenal's players' fitness, McClintock recalled, we learned, the hard way, that Don and Bertie insisted on the highest standards and that they simply wouldn't tolerate any slacking. Don had to win that battle with us to get respect. We worked our socks off that summer and it really focused the players' minds in the years ahead when we went on to win the double. Fast forward ten years and Arsenal prepared to embark upon the momentous 1978-79 campaign at the end of which they would win the FA Cup in dramatic fashion. Once again, Don Howe took the players to, as Pat Rice, a survivor of the 1970-71 double winning side, described it, Coldest, because there are no escape routes. David O'Leary described his HNF experience thus, To say it was a commando-style preparation is no exaggeration. The Arsenal players particularly remember Cardiac Hill, which they had to climb over to reach the football pitches on the other side. Don made a sprint up the hill and then jogged down it, ex-central defender Willie Young explained. Pat Jennings was physically sick at the end of one run, then it was straight into the timed sprints. Once more, following ball work in the afternoon, a delicious dinner awaited the players, as was the case with Howe's Mark I Arsenal team of the late 1960s. There was no talk of rebellion, O'Leary said. Everyone accepted that we were at Hennef to work and that we'd be back the following summer too. I think it did a lot to prepare us for the rigours of the 1978-79 and 79-80 seasons when we played such a huge number of games. Arsenal squads revisited Hennef as recently as 2012, but Gunners players of a certain generation will always remember summers in West Germany with a retrospective pleasure and believe them to be instrumental as they prepared to embark on momentous eras in the club's history. The photograph at the head of this article has the caption All smiles for Don Howe and Terry Neal in training in 1978. It wasn't quite so fun-packed when the pair took the players on pre-season to Hennef. The pictures in the centre of this article have the captions Top left and above The class of 2012 followed in the footsteps of Bertie Mee and Terry Neal's teams by training in Hennef. Top right Hennef lies to the northwest of Frankfurt. Left, how the matchday programme reported on the pre season training camp in August 1969. 35 years in the community. An overview of our current work in the community around healthy living. Inclusive Arsenal. 
The International Day of Disabled People on December the 3rd was a great opportunity to celebrate the amazing people who we regularly engage with across the community and the club. Over the past 30 years, we have worked tirelessly to ensure that everything we do is as inclusive as possible and that we are responding to and catering for the needs of our local community. Across football and non-sporting programmes, targeted intervention and club-wide initiatives, we continue to ensure that everyone can take part and feel that sense of belonging to the Arsenal family. Over the past 12 months, we have had some amazing highlights on the pitch, from our open access session, proudly representing Arsenal at the Premier League's annual tournament, to adults from our learning disability session playing at the Emirates Stadium, and our amputee adult group winning two trophies in the National League. In addition to this, we have also received an amazing year of support across club-wide initiatives. Highlights include Ben and Emmanuel's brilliant day at the training ground to film our video celebrating World Down Syndrome Day, working with our parent advocates to create and continue to host sensory hours in our club shop and the creation of bespoke training for Arsenal staff on autism awareness. We are very proud of the work that we do, said Arsenal in the Community Disability Officer Luke Howard. We always strive to set high standards when creating and delivering accessible programmes, and this has provided some great results over the past year that everyone involved with the club can rightly feel very proud of. We also know that there, we also know that there is plenty more to do, and this year's success motivates us even more to ensure that this club is truly representative of our fan base and that we are able to offer opportunities and access to everyone that wishes to engage with Arsenal Football Club, Howard added. Football Plus. Congratulations to Fivos Ethelontis, who recently qualified as a Level 7 referee. Fivos, whose son attends Arsenal in the community's weekly Football Plus sessions, decided to continue his footballing journey, having completed his FA Level 1 certificate in coaching football last November. Fivas passed his exam answering an impressive 90% of questions correctly. Fivas regularly volunteers with Arsenal in the community and has officiated out Respect League fixtures and tournaments in recent months. Fivas will be presented with his officiating certificate prior to tonight's game. Photo of the week. Arsenal in the community's Twitter account at AFC Community highlights some of this month's community work. Tea break at Caxton House Community Centre in Islington for our short mat bowls participants. Teacup Red Bull hashtag We Are the Arsenal. Follow us on Twitter at AFC Double Club. This concludes 35 years in the community. My story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund Youth on the Move's Water Wow project, which took inner-city children on a range of water sports-related trips that included a water park, the coast and Seven Sisters Country Park. Esther, 14 and from Hackney, tells us how she made a splash. You know water, it has that pool. I'd never really done anything other than go swimming at the local pool, though. Then a friend at school told me about Water Wow. Her mentor had suggested it, 
and it sounded like really good fun, so I thought I'd like to join too. I signed up straight away. The first time I went I was a little shy, because there were loads of new faces, but I warmed up pretty quickly. The first activity we did was raft building, which involves group work, so we were kind of forced to break the ice and talk to each other. It felt super afterwards to float down the stream in the rafts we built on our own. The project gave us a taster of several different water activities. We went to Splashdown Water Park in Dorset and did canoeing, kayaking and on some relaxing coastal walks. I loved the water park. It had about 15 different types of slide, a wave pool, a jacuzzi and the whirlpool. I also really enjoyed the canoeing and kayaking, learning some trick manoeuvres to get me round fast. I even won the race against my new friends. I got so much out of the whole experience. I made new friends, became fitter and did things I didn't think I would otherwise have been able to do. I'm also more confident now that I've learned so many new skills and won so many races. Mrs Schlesinger was the project coordinator and she's a really awesome woman, full of character. She taught me a great deal. At the end there was a presentation ceremony too and I felt so proud of myself when I walked to the podium to get my certificate awarded for effort and achievement. I'm an action person. My friend who's more toned down enjoyed the walk at Seven Sisters Country Park most. It was just a memorable trip with a stunning walk on the cliffs, another highlight. Waterwow has given me the confidence to believe that anything is possible, even if it looks almost impossible. I want to become a teacher, maybe now in PE or some other sports-related subject. I'll be honest, I'm not into football, but I think it's great that Arsenal is funding projects like this. Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to try something new and experience the thrill of the water. For more info, visit yotmlondon.wixsite.com forward slash youth on the move. Arsenal Women, the latest news and results from the Women's Super League Champions. Viv Strike sees off Gritty Reds. Barclays FA Women's Super League Sunday, November the 24th, Meadow Park. Arsenal 1, Liverpool 0. Maidema scored in the 28th minute. Viviane Maidema scored the only goal of the game as Liverpool belied their lowly league position at Meadow Park last weekend. Joe Montemurro made four changes from the side that had beaten Bristol City 7-0 not even 72 hours earlier. Manuelo Zinsberger, Leah Williamson and Katie McCabe all returned, while Jennifer Beatty retained her place and Lisa Evans dropped back from midfield. Jill Ruard kept her place alongside Jordan Nobbs and Kim Little, while the front three comprised the now familiar trio of Danielle van der Donk, Beth Mead and Maidema. This was our seventh clean sheet in a row in all competitions, yet the visitors would have been ahead inside ten minutes, but for a superb save by Zinsberger, who tipped Sophie Bradley Auckland's goal-bound header onto the post. Moments later, Maidema latched on to a soft back pass, but couldn't get the ball under control and saw her effort blocked. Just before the half-hour mark, however, Maidema collected the ball on the edge of the box, weaved past a defender and fired low past Anke Prus into the far corner to open the scoring. Arsenal should have scored more, 
with Williamson hitting the crossbar and both Van der Donk and Mead twice going close, but the three points never looked in danger. Playing for Arsenal were Zinsberger, Evans, Williamson, Beattie, McCabe, substituted by Meyer in the 46th minute, Ruud, Nobbs, substituted by Walty in the 80th minute, Little, Van der Donk, Mead, Maidema, subs not used, Perid, Manyin, Quinn, Schneiderbeck, Felix, Grant. DVD celebrates century. No, she has not taken up cricket, but Danielle van der Donk has ranked up her 100th appearance for Arsenal to join a very special club. The Dutch international playmaker has been a revelation since joining the Gunners from Copperbags, Yortabori, in November 2015, immediately displaying a combination of silk and steel that has won her admirers throughout the WSL and across the continent. She made her debut in an FA Cup tie against Birmingham City on March 20, 2016, a match that the Gunners won on penalties after a 1-1 draw. Danielle netted her first Arsenal goals in the semi-final on her fourth appearance for the club and her third start in a 7-0 win over Sunderland on April 17. Less than a month later, she had a first trophy in England, coming off the bench at Wembley as Arsenal beat Chelsea 1-0 to win the FA Cup for a record-extending 14th time. She hasn't done too badly since then either, as well as becoming a European champion with the Netherlands at Euro 2017. She starred in the Continental Cup final win over Manchester City in 2018 and was a key player in last season's WSL title success, scoring 11 goals in 19 appearances. Congratulations, DVD, and here's to more success in the future. Alex Scott enters Hall of Fame. Congratulations also go to our very own Alex Scott, who took time out of competing on Strictly Come Dancing to enter the National Football Museum Hall of Fame on the 23rd of November, and she was presented with her award by fellow Arsenal legend and Hall of Famer Faye White at Emirates Stadium. Alex made 313 appearances for the club, winning a mind-boggling 21 major trophies and scoring 32 goals, including the one that gave the Gunners European glory in 2007. She also featured 140 times for England and five times for Team GB at the 2012 Olympics. Match Report, Southampton, Premier League, Match Day 13, 3pm, Saturday, November the 23rd, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 2, Southampton 2. Arsenal scorers, Lacazette 18, Lacazette 19. Southampton scorers, Ings 8, Ward-Prowse 71, penalty. Arsenal team, 1, Leno. 21, Chambers, substitute, 46th minute. 5, Socrates, yellow card. 23, David Luiz. 3, Tierney, yellow card. 2, Bellerin, substitute, 83rd minute. 11, Torreira, substitute, 83rd minute, yellow card. 29, Guendouzi, yellow card. 10, Ozil. 14, Aubameyang. 9, Lacazette, yellow card. Substitutes, Martinez, Willock, 83rd, Mustafi, 
Maitland-Niles, Pepe, 46th, yellow card, Martinelli, 83rd, Nelson, Southampton, 1, McCarthy, 2, Cedric Suarez, 5, Stephens, 35, Bednarek, 21, Bertrand, yellow card, 23, Hodgeberg, 17, Armstrong, substitute, 86th minute, 16, Ward-Prowse, 22, Redmond, 20, Oberfemi, substitute, 76th minute, Ings, substitute, 73rd minute, yellow card, substitutes, Gunn, Yoshida, Valerie, Romeo, Bufal, 86th minute, Genepo, 76th minute, Long, 73rd minute. Full-time, Arsenal 2, Southampton 2, at Football, PES 2020, at Arsenal. First half, the game got off to the worst possible start for the Gunners, when we were caught out by a quickly taken free kick, with Danny Ings racing clear to slot home. Chances were few and far between, but with 18 minutes gone, Alexandre Lacazette lifted the mood with a smartly taken equaliser from close range. Second half. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's close-range effort was deflected wide before Bernd Leno was at full stretch to push Nathan Redmond's shot over the bar. Nicolas Pepe hit the bar from inside the box before the visitors should have retaken the lead. But Cedric Suarez's pass evaded Michael Aubafemi. Kieran Tierney was then adjudged to have taken down Ings in the box, and although James Ward-Prowse's penalty was saved by Leno, the midfielder converted the rebound. Substitute Joe Willock made a brilliant block on the line to deny Musa Genepo, and we finally got an equaliser in stoppage time, as Lacazette fired home after good work by Gabriel Martinelli. Match stats, total shots, Arsenal 12, Southampton 21. Shots on target, Arsenal 5, Southampton 6. Corners, Arsenal 6, Southampton 8. Offsides, Arsenal 2, Southampton 1. Fouls, Arsenal 13, Southampton 19. Southampton, Arsenal 61%, Southampton 39%. This concludes Match Report Southampton. Club Culture, news from Arsenal's official supporters clubs. Finland's trip to London. Arsenal Finland organised a group trip to London for the match against Wolves earlier this month and they sent us this report for the day. 30 Finnish Gooners from all over the country travelled to London to watch Arsenal play at the Emirates. And for some of the fans, this was the first time to see their beloved team to perform live. The youngest member of the trip was 16 and the oldest was over 60 years old. Regardless of age difference, the group spirit was great because we all have one thing in common, Arsenal. Unusually for Arsenal this season, the match kicked off at the traditional Saturday afternoon time of 3pm. Weather was very typical for London in November, some rain and a breeze. Before the start of the match, we had the opportunity to enter the stadium to greet the players when they arrived at the stadium. It was very exciting to see the players up close and how differently each of them were focused on the match. For example, Bernard Leno walks towards the locker room with a concentrated expression on his face whilst Meza Ozil laughed and smiled. At the same time, we had an honour to witness 
Arsenal legends like Thierry Henry and Charlie George into the stadium too. There was also the big green friend of ours, Gunnosaurus, welcoming us with warm hugs. Our seats were located at the clock end where we were doing our best to cheer Arsenal to victory over Wolves. This time it wasn't quite enough and the match ended with a disappointed one-all draw. The highlight of the match was definitely Aubameyang's goal right in front of our eyes. After the match, we moved down to the Arsenal bench where we were greeted by Pierre Mertesacker and Gabriel Martinelli. Our member Michael asked the former captain some tough questions about the match. Martinelli, who had just been awarded the Arsenal Player of the Month for October, signed autographs and poster photos. This was a thoroughly memorable moment for us. After leaving the stadium, we headed for post-match pints to discuss the match and other events of the day. Despite the result, we felt that the match day had been very enjoyable and unforgettable for us all. We at Arsenal Finland want to express our sincere thanks to Arsenal and Mark Brindle for organising a great match day experience for us members. From the fans. My Arsenal. We hear about your heroes, hangouts and heart-stopping moments. Email programme at arsenal.co.uk for your My Arsenal questionnaire. Jens Spellman, aged 57, from Hamburg. Why are you an Arsenal fan? As a kid, I went to an Easter gathering of Liam Brady's family near Limerick. I was with my father, who happened to be trading horses with Liam's uncle. They said, the whole family is here except one. He has to work, in London. He's playing football at Arsenal. What's his name? Liam Brady. Oh, I know him. From then on, I took an interest and a few weeks later, Arsenal won the cup final 3-2. First Arsenal game. Outside the ground, Norwich, 1983, 3-0. Inside, Villa, 1996, 2-0. Favourite Arsenal game. Juventus, 2006, 2-0. I was buzzing for days after this and the team was two, beating Villa 5-0 three days later. Match day routine before kick-off. Meeting friends in the pub. Favourite place to eat before a game. No favourite, it depends. Favourite hangout before kick-off. The Tollington. Best place in the stadium to watch a game from. North Lower. Do you go straight home after the game? No, back to the pub to meet the friends again. Furthest you've travelled to watch Arsenal play. Probably Vigo in 2004, 1-3-2. Favourite away ground and why? Craven Cottage, fantastic stadium, friendly, great trip there by boat. Favourite piece of Arsenal memorabilia? JVC shirt signed by Perry Groves. Do you collect Arsenal programmes? Yes, from the games I attend. What do you wear to games? Vintage shirt plus scarf in winter. Whose name and number would you have on the back of your shirt? Current, holding, 16. Old, Burkamp, 10. Favourite ever Arsenal shirt? The gold shirt from 2002. All-time favourite player and why? DB10, Poetry in Motion. Do you have a cult hero and why? Carl Jenkinson, made it from the stands onto the pitch. 
What's the best Arsenal goal you've ever seen live? Thomas Rosicki, Hamburg, 2006-2-1. What's the best debut performance you've ever seen by a new player? Ashley Cole's first home Premier League game against Man City in 2000. We won 5-0. Have you ever met any Arsenal players? Quite a few. Parler, Groves, Podolski, Motosaka twice, Sampson, Nelson, Samuels, McLintock, George, Radford. Which current Arsenal player would you most like to go for dinner with? I'm probably too old for them, but I'd say Hector Bellerin. I think you can have a good chat with him. If you could erase one Arsenal moment from history, what would it be? The Burkamp penalty miss and Ryan Giggs' goal in 1999 FA Cup semi-final reply, coupled with the defeat at Leeds a few weeks later that cost us the title. If you could be present at any Arsenal match in history, which would it be? Anfield 89. I would think that was fun. If you could watch Arsenal play any club side in history, who would it be? The Porto team that won the Champions League in 2004. We were the best team in Europe at the time and couldn't make it count. If you could play in any Arsenal match in history, which would it be? Inter away 2003-5-1. For laymen telling complaining Italians what's going on at the other end of the pitch. Teams For Arsenal Hat coach Unai Emery Red shirts with white sleeves White shorts and white socks 1. Bernd Leno Goalkeeper 2. Hector Bellerin 3. Kieran Tierney 5. Socrates Papastathopoulos 8. Danny Ceballos 9. Alexandre Lacazette 10. Mesut Ozil 11. Lucas Torreira 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 16. Rob Holding 19. Nicolas Pepe 20. Schroeder Mustafi 21. Callum Chambers 23. David Lewis 24. Reese Nelson 26. Emiliano Martinez Goalkeeper 27. Constantinos Mavropanos 28. Joe Willock 29. Matteo Ganduzi 31. Zird Golazinac 32. Emil Smith-Rowe 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper 34. Granit Xhaka 35. Gabriel Martinelli 77. Bukayo Saka For Eintracht Frankfurt Head coach Adi Hutter Black shirts, shorts and socks. 1. Kevin Trapp, goalkeeper. 2. Evan Ndika. 3. Simon Fallet. 5. Gelson Fernandez. 6. Jonathan de Guzman. 7. Dejan Joveljic. 8. Gibril Sou. 9. Bas Dost. 10. Filip Kostic. 11. Miet Gacinovic. 13. Martin Hinteregger. 15. Dachai Kamada 16. Lukas Toro 17. Sebastian Rode 18. Almami Ture 19. David Abraham 20. Makoto Hasibe 
22. Timothy Chandler, 23. Marco Rus, 24. Danny da Costa, 25. Eric Derm, 26. Neil Standera, 28. Dominique Cor, 29. Felix Weidwald, goalkeeper, 30. Saverdi Satin, 32. Frederick Rono, goalkeeper, 33. Andre Silva, 37. Jan Zimmerman, goalkeeper, 38. Patrick Finger, 39. Goncalo Paciencia, 42. Marianne Cava. Match officials all from France, referee Rudy Bouquet. Assistant referees Guillaume Debar, Julian Pacelli. Fourth official Frank Schneider. Tonight's other Europa League, 8 pm kickoffs. Vittoria vs. Standard Liege. Dudelange vs. Apoel Nicosia. Sevilla vs. Karabakh. Lugano vs. FC Copenhagen. Malmö vs. Dynamo Kiev. Rosenborg vs. Lask. Sporting Lisbon vs. PSV. Celtic vs. Tren. Lazio vs. Cluj. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. 